Welcome to the Odds Checker Open Championship Golf Preview. I'm going to be joined on the phone by our very own tipster, Nar Lyons, who is going for a hat-trick of winning Open Championship tips, having done Henrik Stenson in 2016, Jordan Spieth in 2017, and he has five tips for you, whilst we also talk through some of the other runners and riders at the top end of the market, and also a couple of interesting specials as well. So, Niall, as, as a punting spectacle, I mean, we've spoken before the Masters, which I think we agreed is probably the easiest of the of the majors to really get your, your teeth into. Is the Open more difficult in terms of you know different courses, harder tests, and you know the conditions this week aren't maybe typical of an Open Championship, but but certainly provide their own difficulty for for a punter looking in. Yeah, pers- personally for me, it's my favourite major of the four. Uh, I do find Augusta, you know, a shade more difficult to judge at times just because the field is so small and even though plenty of people will tell you like only 20-25 only players can win the Masters choosing between those 25 is always a tough task for me when you come to a US Open or a British Open it's always you can narrow down your field a bit more mainly for me anyway. I know the courses change from year to year but we know them yeah, they're, they play, they're on their open road for for the duration, and we know how to play. And even though Carnegie Day is, it's one of them. It is one of the tougher ones to look at simply because in '99 it, it played so tough that the results are basically irrelevant. 2007, you know, was a shade more, was a shade calmer, and we can we can look at those results a bit more. But then we look at this year's conditions and. It's going to play that firm and fast that, you know, previous results here are more or less irrelevant, even though we know how it plays, you know, you know, bunkers off the tee are going to be one of the main defence mechanisms of the course. So that, that's going to be where, where it matters for me this week off the tee. But that's, you know, that's one of the things with British Open. It's just, it changes from year to year and the, the challenge is always different. That's what makes it such a good event. It's interesting you mentioned the bunkers off the tee because I've seen a fair few people um, write in their previews saying that it's going to suit the big hitters and the bombers. But in my mind, if it's playing that, that hard in, and just you know, literally hard, as in the fairway is going to be rolling so much and there are so many fairway traps at Carnoustie, surely that's going to be difficult for them to just keep their ball in the fairway. Yeah, well, that's that's the puzzle this week. Um, that's what we're all trying to get right. That's, 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 that's the big puzzle before Thursday, you know, and in Ireland and Scotland the last couple of weeks, it's kind of paid to take on that trouble, you know, obviously these courses have got no water with tremendous weather in the last couple of months, so the rough hasn't grown, so these courses are ready to be attacked, Ireland and Scotland was a prime example of that, Ryan Fox in Ireland taking on all the trouble and saying that that was his game plan all week to fly the lines and, and, and to get near the green knowing that the rough is playable but Carnoustie's a different animal and I don't think I think taking the driver off the tee and flying all the trouble isn't going to pay the, too much dividends you know you're going to reach bunkers the green side and have and short side yourself yeah, uh, and have to play over bunkers and not being able to the greens although they could be faster and maybe a bit more receptive than what you would think for a for a firm and fast uh, winning scores I guess this time of year it's it's just not the tactic for me the, the one negative that, or, you know, I do think it'll be one and lost off the T 
see, you know, I'm looking for a kind of plodding type one that you can throw, throw the ball between the bunkers. But doing in doing that, it will make the course a lot longer. It is one of the longest uh, open championship courses, and it's proved that way that, that down the years and in, in, in all the the open championships that have gone to Carnoustie. But if we do go down that route, which I am going, uh, of a plodding type that can keep the ball away from the bunkers and you know is really precise off the tee, it's going to make the course longer. Because even though you're, the ball is running out, you, know, you hit a seven iron off the tee, it's going to run 100 yards, and that's going to be the, you know, the main judgment call from the tee boxes, whether your ball's going to run into the bunkers. And, and you can end up taking nine irons. And you know, I've seen this morning, uh, videos being shown on social media of Dustin Johnson hitting wedges off tees. I think <laughs> this is going to happen on par fours where you're just going to your, your wedge is going to go 200 yards, 200 yards towards 250 yards at times. So it's all about judgment, about not running out towards towards the bunker. And <laughs> in turn, it's going to make your second shots more difficult. But it's probably it's probably going to be the best approach. Is there a theory then? I mean, I, I know that maybe because the course is much easier, both in the Irish and the Scottish, well, certainly uh, in, in Scotland last weekend. Is there an argument, though, that the experience of playing in the conditions that, that the UK are seeing and that Britain and Ireland are seeing at the moment is going to put those who, who've come over here early, the likes of Ricky Fowler, in, in better stead? Yeah, I think so. That, that being said, I've only, I think I've only included one, one or two guys who have, uh, who have played the, the Scottish and Irish, or either one of the two. But... Uh, it's one of those things that definitely, I think those who have played it will definitely have a bit of an advantage uh, going to Carnoustie simply because, especially last week in Scotland, because th- that was more, a lot more irons off the tee, and it's a bit more undulating than Ballyliffin, where you were getting a lot of run on the ball, the ball was running downhill towards bunkers and it took a lot of judgment, and of course we backed Fowler last week, and I and I, I, I kept an eye on that closely, simply because I thought it would be similar to this week's test, and uh, that, that, it's bound to be an advantage having played Scotland last week. Uh, just played that firm and fast from the tee. That that's you know plenty of people are talking about you know second shots and the length of the course, but as I said previously, I, I do think. For me, this is going to be one and lost on the tee boxes. Fair enough. We'll, we'll get into the players that you've, you've tipped now, and uh, and a couple of headline tips. We'll start with the one I've already mentioned in in Ricky Fowler. I think you've tipped up three points each way at eighteen to one. Um, he looked in decent shape at, at Galen. He, he didn't really get the putter going, but uh, but certainly looked in decent form. And you know, you and I have discussed before about his major winning credentials, and and you seemingly still feel that he is set to finally get that monkey off his back. Yeah, well, we backed him in the US Open and it just didn't go according to plan. He had a good couple of days and then absolutely went to pieces on the Saturday, which is understandable. Like Plenty of people did, did do that at Shinnecock, so you can excuse it to a certain extent. <coughs> but obviously the, the, the great performance in the, in the Masters at the start of the year is another pointer, but we all know Fowler's links with Denzels and six last week in Scotland. Uh, it was a fair... It was a fair effort. It could have been better, but he missed a lot of putts the first couple of days. He holed a lot too, but he did miss yeah. a, a fair amount inside 10 feet, especially on the Friday. It was term her a bit on the Friday, but yeah, yeah. you know, he only finished 
even though Stone was a runaway victory, victory in the end, he only finished a few behind him, just a couple more of those putts dropping. You know, you could be looking at Fowler coming into this open on the back of a win, you know. So, it's a difficult one because it was a toss-up between Fowler and, and Noren for me, and Noren just not playing those uh, two events in Europe the last two weeks just put me off a little. I know I've backed a few that, that didn't play them events, but nevertheless, Noren, for, having not played those, was quite short. Uh, obviously, he comes off the back of a win in Paris, and he was very impressive, but he hasn't done an awful lot. He's, he's got two top tens in, in the Open Championship and a, and a few miscuts with sc- scattered results, you know. But Fowler just shades it for me. And uh, if this was what uh, we've talked before, if there was one that he was going to win, it was always going to be the Open Championship. That's the one that he loves. He, you know, he was interviewed last week saying how much he loves Links Golf, and he's won in Links before. He's got a top six in the Open. Uh, you know. The place terms on out there, you know, it's, a, it's one of those unexciting bets. I wasn't, I wasn't planning on going with any of the top five from the market, but you know, yesterday was a a twenty four hour, you know, groundhog day for me. Mm. Personally, not really knowing where I was going to go, it, it took a lot of thought and consideration. And at the end of the day, I think Fowler's just experience in 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 Galen last week in Scotland just shades top of the market for me and I think he's worth a bet at the players terms. So he's 18 to 1 with 365 Betfair and Black Type um, but 10 places with Skybet and Paddy Power at 16 to 1 uh, as short as 14 to 1 elsewhere so as ever make sure you do look at Odds Checker um, and our grids which shows all the best odds and all the place terms as well before having your bet. Um, moving on to the second headline tip now same stake I think it was three points each way on arguably the player playing the best golf at the moment out in the States in, uh, in Francisco Molinari. Um, and you feel like he, you know, that good golf over across the pond could translate into a good, uh, good weekend for him at Carnoustie. Yeah, uh, make no mistake about it. He is the the form golfer in this field. He's he's arriving here with the best form, without a doubt. His last five results read two one twenty five two one. You know, he's playing absolutely out of his skin. Uh, he of course got over the line eventually in Wentworth. You know, he's been so. So, so close there so many times I mean, and he had kind of got the the tag of a bit of a choker down uh, there down the years and just not really getting over the line and, he, and he's definitely stepped up this last number of weeks and he's improved a fair bit in his game you know he's driving the ball a bit further and he's always renowned as you know a bit of a dodgy putter and he sorted that out uh, Wentworth is one of those similar challenges off the tee where you, got, you have to avoid the, the strategic bunkers and he's always been an expert at that round here. And tee the green, you know, his record there speaks for itself. And as I said before, I think this is that's where the real test lies this week, judging your tee shots. And I don't think there's many better in the field than Mal now. And I, I, as I say, he just comes here in absolutely scintillating form. He, the win at Cricket Owens in the States was impressive because he, these Europeans, I don't get him. Like, I mean, not, not that he's a journeyman, but you know, he's not your McElroy and that type of European golfer. And winning in the States is a big thing. And he nearly won again this last week at the John Deere, just finished second to Michael Kim. And judging that after the win at Wentworth and going to Italy, and so, going off hot favourite in Italy, and so much pressure on him, 
and almost getting a job done there. He's dealing with the pressure and Ryder Cup year too, you know, two or three months ago he wasn't he wasn't in the team and now now he's absolutely nailed on. He, you know, he's there already. He's dealing he's dealing a lot with the pressure and you know, we saw Fleetwood coming into the open last year on the back of some unbelievable form and didn't really live up to the hype in last year's open and Molinari comes here with the same kind of hype uh, the, the things he's doing but he's dealing with the pressure I think and his game off the tee is just absolutely solid and I think you know of the, of the top 20 in the market he's, he's one of the more likely ones he's 30 to, 33 to 1 best price that is with Ladbrokes and uh, and Betfred and Sporting Bet there as well um, you mentioned the Ryder Cup, and, and maybe this doesn't count so much for Molinari, but but I do want to pick your brains to see how much of a, um, you know, are players who, who are trying to get into that team going to be buoyed on because it is so close. Mm. I mean, I've been looking very closely at um, at Ian Poulter for the for the Open this year, coming coming into it in very good form. Obviously, he'll be absolutely desperate to get as close as he can to the Nacional in a couple of months as possible. I mean, do you think that comes into it here? And the check that comes with it, probably as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, fair enough. Sadly, I'm already on port, so I can't get out of that now. But uh, <laughs> but, but f- fingers crossed. I never thought that the year would be 2018. I'll be backing Ian Poulter in, in an Open Championship. But here we are. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the next one coming up is at a, at a three-figure price is uh, Zander Schaffle at 110 to one. You, you've done 1.5 points each way. Maybe a bit of a surprise to see this one on here, but uh, but reading your write-up, I can see why. So maybe talk us through it. Yeah, I think he raises one of the, the most exciting each-way bats in the field for me. Uh, he's still very young. I think he's only 24. and uh, He won the third championship at the back end of last year. Very impressive. Uh, holding, the, the putts that he hold down the back nine were just totally clutch. And, and, I've con- and he won the Green Bear previous in that season too. And I've kind of cons- always considered him as one of those more strategic golfers that can place the ball off the tee. You know, there's a lot still to play out in his career and see 
what there actually takes. But he's a very neat and tidy golfer, and he's doing some great things on the tour. It was only last year was his debut in the Open, and he and he finished twentieth at Birkdale, and that was coming off the back of the Green Bar, which he had won, and uh, he just he defended that title last time out and finished twenty first, so he's going well, but. He finished second at Sawgrass this year and at Phoenix and there's two very big events on the tour. And uh, it just he, he's ranked twenty fourth in the world and as you know, as the readers will read in the preview when it goes online this morning, there's forty two players in this field priced lower than him and he's and he's ranked twenty four in the world and he's not doing anything wrong. You know, as I say, the second at Sawgrass and, and Phoenix six years it's a great there are great results leading into major championships and he's had two top six finishes in the US Open as well and he's still very young and he's kind of coming in yes when he came when he won the third championship every the few months after things kind of uh, quietened down a bit and he didn't do anything special but since since then he's, he's posted a few results and two excellent results in two US Opens incidentally which are those kind of lengthy American tracks so Everything points towards a big profile. I think he's definitely been overlooked by the boogies and they're sitting there three figures. 42 players, price lower than him, and he's 24th in the world. It doesn't add up to me, and sitting at 110 to 1, I'm quite excited about this one. So am I now. I think anyone listening to that is probably going to be feeling the same way. Um, as you say, 110 to 1 with Bet365 and Betfred, and with that, you know, that, I didn't realise he had that top 20 finish last year at Birkdale, and also, you know, the, the big performances in, in big events whether they're majors or just big PJ Tour events does suggest that he is one to keep an eye out on there so 1.5 yeah, each the, way the only thing that, that puts you off a bit you know experience is needed to win an Open isn't it we've seen so many winners in their late 30s and over 40s in the last number of years that's the only downside he's only 24 but nevertheless you know youngsters do go and win it we've seen Spieth win it last year although we, you know he's something more special that's the only thing he's just a bit of an experience for an open championship but nevertheless with the place terms out there it's 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 one of the best bets of the week for me so yeah place terms of, of the the standout price is 110 to 1 bet 365 are 8 places so that's probably where you want to turn if you are going to follow Niall into Zander um, as, and as, as uh, Noel alluded to the, the, these previews will be going up today so do check the odds checker site under tips and look for golf and you can see the write-ups as well that Nars provided alongside these tips uh, fourth now and Kevin Nars at 150 to 1 is your next one 1.5 points each way as well yeah another exciting one for me uh, you know obviously these three figure bets you, you can't be uh, too confident that they're going to land there's still three figure bets at the end of the day but another really exciting bet in the field for me uh, Kevin Nagy comes off the win in the Green Bar just a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was seven years since since his first title and saw plenty of things on social media about the, his winning speech on, on the telly just after and he broke down speaking to his Korean fans and it was kind of it was kind of heartwarming to see, you know, Kevin Nas got a lot of stick down the years about, you know, his pre-shot routine and how long he takes to play shots and blah, blah, blah. And that was just, you know, a real insight into his character and just in the emotion of of winning what it can do to you. And he'll have gained a lot of fans from that and maybe just the shoulders will drop a bit and he'll just be a bit more relaxed and, you know, these things can, these things can just take off and, 
bolt on winners down the years. We've we've seen plenty of them have come here with winning form and, and wins in the, in the in the weeks previous to landing here. So it all bodes well for him. I mean, he was fourth in the Fort Worth, Texas, on Sixth Trinity Forest just a few weeks ago. Earlier on in the season, he was he was runner up to Bubba Watson at the Genesis too. And I, I've always considered him to be one of those plotters off the tee too. He, he'll be he'll be taking irons most of most of these tees, and you know some of these golfers who were previously, uh, you know, disadvantaged just by their length off the tee at these Open Championships. Now he can take irons off the tee, knowing their irons can go, you know, running towards three hundred yards. So off the tee, that's where that's where he's going to gain his advantage, as opposed to you know elsewhere. And he's he's got a decent uh, record in the Open Championship too. He's made his last four cuts. Nothing. He's not putting up any trees, but you know four cuts in the trap made, made it an Open Championship. It's impressive enough for a fellow like Kevin Na. Now he's thirty-four years of age now. Again, a bit of ex- he's got a bit of experience under his belt, and unbe- unbelievably has sixty-five top ten finishes on the tour. So you know, with the place terms out there this week, if you can match another top ten, you know, you're laughing at the end of the week. But I give him a bit more, a bit better of a chance than that. All facets of his game are working. He drives the ball well off the tee, and he's a bit of a clutch putter too when it, when he gets into contention. So. This is another three-figure bet I'm quite excited about. And me, 164 to 1, a bit of a weird price, that one for Marathon Bet is the best price out there, but you can take just a click lower with Sky Bet at 150 to 1, and then you get all the 10 places as well uh, for Kevin Nahr. I mean, you mentioned there that he's got a decent open record. I mean, as you say, four, his four made cuts, do we look at that as being a positive in itself, or is the fact that tied 22nd is his best ever, does that slightly dissuade us? I mean, especially... I heard Roy McIlroy speaking yesterday saying that normally at Carnoustie you'd expect a winning score of around about the level par mark, but then because of the conditions this time around, he thinks that it could be set up for, for players who, who may be on the birdie trail. Yeah, well, it's always difficult to know how it's going to play out, Black, but I was thinking somewhere in the region from you know 10 to 12 under par would probably win this. And Kevin, uh, yeah, we'll talk about his record. It's nothing special in the Open, but at the end of the day, plenty, plenty of guys have sketchy records at the Open that, that, that have gone on to win it and it's, you know Lynx Golf down the years has always thrown up strange winners and we just seen that last week in Scotland with Brandon Stone winning you know he was a thousand one yeah. token machine there, you know at the start of the week and you've seen Oliver Wilson win the, the Dunhill Lynx and David Howe win it in recent years and obviously we've had the surprise winners in the Open like Ben Curtis and Tom Hamilton things like that you know these things happen although Kevin that I wouldn't fall into that bracket he's, he's a much better golfer than, than a bunch of those guys but uh, Lynx Golf definitely does uh, throw up strange results and you know whether obviously you know a good pedigree of Lynx form helps when you're when you're going to back somebody and you you need to put as much thought into it as possible, and you can't just go with a scattergun approach of, you know, well, there's, there's crazy results in this, so I'll just back some crazy prices. you got to back the guys, some guys that are in form, and guys who have played, you know, some decent golf on links before, and, and Kevin, that definitely falls into that bracket. Yeah, fair enough, understanded, and as you say, another interesting one at three-figure price. Uh Finally, but not by no means least, because this is a player who I think a lot of us would have backed before for major tournaments. And that is Brandon Grace, who you've, you've put one point each way on. Um, 
what's the thinking here? I mean, I know a lot of people are keen to, to back South Africans in, in the Open Championship. Yeah, well, I was disappointed. We backed them in the US Open too, and I was disappointed about how he went there. But it's almost along the same lines as what as why we backed them in the US Open. Uh, just a good links pedigree, as we know. He's won the Alfred Dunhill links. He's been runner up at the Scottish. He's got sixth place at Birkdale last year, of course, where you you know he broke he broke the major record. Uh, he's he's got two wins in guitar. The, the, where many Open champions have won and played well on before. Just a, it's a win. It's a windy track, which kind of the, you know, the same test as an open. Um, it sits a bit uncomfortably with me because I like thinking outside the box in these majors and just you know not going with the obvious that you know pl- plenty of you know let's say milk punters will be going into the boogies and just putting down brand grace every open championship every year. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But he's he's got every chance, uh, and, and I did as as you say, I did want to include a South African, and to be fair. Uh, I fancied including a couple, like even after Brandon Stone last week, it was just it's just an example of how South Africans can play well on on tough, lengthy, fiery golf courses. They've grown up with you know similar conditions in South Africa, and yeah, he has every chance. You know, winning the we backed him actually on odds checker in the in the 2016 Heritage, and that was all stingers off the tee. That's one track where you don't need length, and this week. Unless it plays out differently and the bombers fly all the trouble, you know, which is obviously a possibility. You know, Connie's this week, I think, will play the same off the tee, basically, as it did at the Heritage when he won the Heritage. Just one of those, you know, taking irons off the tee and the odd five wood and, you know, just judging your distance off the tee. That's going to be the big challenge. And I think Grace is one of the bit, one of the better ones at that. And, you know, sitting around 40 to 1 is tasty enough price for me. Understandably so. 40, 45 to one, I think, uh, is the best price about Grace. If you are going to shop around on the uh, on the grids, yeah, 45 to one with the Unibet and 88 Sport, who are both six places. Um, the, the guides are 10 places. Uh, are taking cover a bit here at 33s. So those are your five tips. You've already kind of put me in a bit of a bad situation with Pult. So I'm going to give you one more to, to throw at you as well and see what you think before we move on to some of the special markets. That's Mark Leishman. He's another player I'm backing. Another one that me and you have spoken about, I think, before the Masters and said that we both liked. Uh, uh, open record. In his last four Opens, he's finished tied fifth, tied second, and tied sixth. And he comes off a decent uh, a decent weekend uh, over in America as well, finishing tied 13th. And at 50-1 to one with 365, strikes me as someone who, you know, is very comfortable on, on, on Lynx golf courses, uh, always seems to go very well in major tournaments, coming ninth in the Masters again this year, and just seems a tad overpriced to me. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he arrives here with some of the best links for him in the field, really. You know, sixth last year, and two years ago he was runner-up, obviously, at St Andrews, beating in the playoff, and previous to that, he was fifth. He's really got the hang of links golfing again. Australians kind of like South Africans, just what they grew up with in the fiery golf courses. They're, they're well-experienced in this in this type of field. Uh, personally, he's a bit short for me, I have to say. Nice. You know, <laughs> uh, we... Did we back him in the US Open? I have a funny feeling we did. Uh, he didn't really do an awful lot, and he hasn't totally convinced me ever since we backed him at Trinity Forest, where he finished second. And ever since, he hasn't done an awful lot. There was 62nd, 45th, missed cup, 13th last time out, as you say. But he, he's got the credentials to win a major championship. As you say, he plays well in majors continually now, and as always, uh, talked about Lynx for him himself. I mean, he, he, he loves playing Lynx golf, so. 
I wouldn't put anybody off, but for me personally, just a bit short in the market. I'm just saying, I thought I had the value punt there, but you're telling me it's too short. We'll see come <laughs> Sunday evening. Uh, a, a couple of the, the fun markets elsewhere, a couple of the special markets, um, and a couple of bets I think you flagged up in, in the top nationality ones. Yeah, this is a bit of a Hail Mary bet, but nevertheless, there's a, there's a shade of uh, rationale behind it. And I think Darren Clark in the top, uh, the top Irish is, is worth a small punt this week. Top thirty in three of his last five opens. That looks a decent looks decent on paper. And Larry, who's missed his last three cuts, done missed two of his last three, and Harrington missed two of his last four. Here, uh, McElroy will obviously be hard to beat. He's finished in the top five in his last three opens, and he's more than likely the winner of this market. But at the same time, Clark has continued to perform in these Open Championships down the last couple of years, even though he hasn't been putting any results together on. on on the normal tour, so you know, it's fifty to one there with Unibet. There's twenty five to one out there as well. But top price of fifty to one, it's it looks very juicy to me. Do you have, do you take the fifties win only, or do you take the nineteen to one with, with Betfair and Paddy Power with uh, with quarter of the two? I'd rather I'd rather be on when when only at fifties and take the chance. Fair enough, understandable. Look at me, ever the each way punter. Um, but yeah. uh, <laughs> and then top Japanese seems to be the other one where you, you had a had an angle. Yeah, I just think Matsuyama's too big. Skybet have got him priced up there at eleven to ten. Uh, he's not up against a, 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 an awful lot, you know. Hideo Tanihara is the, the uh, second favourite in it, and he hasn't done an awful lot lately. You know, you've got a you've got a rake of Japanese players there, and you know, down the years in the Open Championship, one or two of them have always fared well enough, to be honest. And you'll probably get a challenger or two, but. Uh, it's just it's definitely a value bet for me just at around eleven to ten. I make them more closer to the eight to, th- eight to thirteen mark and you know, if you're looking for a bit of value, I think he's just a good bet in that top Japanese market. Nice Hideki Matsuyama, top Japanese there at eleven to ten, and Darren Clark at fifty to one, top Irish. Two quite different bets there, but but certainly interesting ones to keep the weekend going. Um before you leave us, Niall, just a couple of questions about some of the some of those at the top of the market. Um, starting with the favourite Dustin Johnson at twelve to one. Uh, what do you? I mean, I've seen uh, one certain tipping column. I think basically tipping up a max win bet on Dustin this weekend, thinking that his power could see him just blitz the course. Um, but as we've discussed, there could be issues with that as well. Where do you stand on DJ this weekend? Well, that's it. You know, if that particular rider has got it right, and um, it, it will be a you know a bomber's golf course where you fly the trouble, and it just makes everything so much easier. Then Dustin Johnson's your man. It'd be hard to beat if that if that plays out. He, he's made his last, I think, eight cuts or something. Eight, eight cuts in a row at the Open, so he's he's well vexed in this kind of environment, and you couldn't rule him out. And obviously, he's world number one, sitting at twelve or fourteen to one there. You know, I definitely wouldn't put anyone anyone off back him. Just two starts ago, he's got a win as well, so he comes here in good form. And if that if that if that scenario plays out, just where he's flying the trouble works, then these guys at the top of the market are going to be the ones to beat. You're, you're Dustin Johnson, you're Roy McIlroy, and you're John Lamb, you know. I'm just taking the chance that that is not the way it plays out, and I hope it isn't. You know, McIlroy would be equally as dangerous. If that plays out, obviously he's playing very well too. He's not doing an awful lot, you know, but he's not doing anything wrong either. He gets a lot of stick just for not winning. And... I'm probably guilty of giving him some stick as well, to be honest. But <laughs> uh, 
at the end of the day, is on paper he's not doing an awful lot wrong. John Ram is another towards the top of the market who's very, very dangerous. He's uh, two top fives on his last two starts, and really he could have won both of them events down the back nine. Uh, on each of those events in Paris and Ireland, they had double bogeys and triple bogeys, and he still nearly managed to win, especially in Ireland where he, you know, he near hold that shot to the last to, to force a playoff. But he's he's mighty dangerous and showing good links for him. He's obviously won in Ireland on, on the links before too in Port Stewart, so he's mega dangerous. And incidentally, obviously, uh, Garcia was a beaten playoff. Uh, here in 2007 to Harrington. If you fancy either of those two guys, uh, Skybet have a bet up of 14 to 1 to any Spanish winner, which looks tasty enough to me too. You've got Cabrera Bello and Cantillo in there, along with Garcia and Ram, and even on Betfair prices, like I worked it out yesterday, it works out at about, it works out at about a max 12 to 1, so you're getting a bit of enhancement there, 14 to 1. Any Spanish winner looks a bit of value to me. Nice, 14 to 1, any Spanish winner there with Skybet. Uh, Two more questions before the end. Uh, just, I think I posed the same question to you before the US Open, but anyone who doesn't follow golf week in, week out, and, and just like some majors, may look at this market and see Jordan Spieth at 25 to 1, see Justin Thomas at 28 to 1, and see Jason Day at, uh, at 40 to 1. I mean, is there value in these, you know, these top tier, top quality, top shelf golfers who are maybe struggling for a bit of form but have decent major experience? Yeah, I'll start with Jordan Spieth and you know we backed him last year when he won up Birkdale and if someone had told me that Sunday that I was going to get double figures about Spieth in next year's Open yeah. Championship I'd, I'd, have, I'd have invested every single penny that I won last year and just put it right <laughs> back in and here he stands at 20 to 1 plus this, this year it's, it's quite unbelievable if someone had told you that Sunday that you know Tommy Fleetwood would be shorter in the market than Spieth next year you know, you would have called them insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, Spieth just hasn't found an awful lot of form this year, and he obviously struggled with a putter. Nevertheless, he's had three or four weeks off, and you know he wouldn't have rested on his laurels, and he'd been working on all the negatives that he, you know, that's been playing out over the last few months. And who knows what Spieth could arrive here? He could arrive here in good nick and just, you know, work the socks off the last number of weeks. And could he be a bit of value? Of course he could, but. As I say in my write-up, which you know, hopefully people take the time to read later on today. That if he starts well in this Open Championship, then you'll get a bit of value in him and run him because if no nobody really expects him to perform. Just seeing how how the years went, but if he starts playing well the first couple of days and holds it together, it renders that price value. It renders the pre-tournament price wrong. And it'll take a while for boogies to react to that. If he start, say he shoots four under in the first round, depending on how things go, but say he goes to eight to one. But if he shoots four under on round one, he was never the, the pre price of twenty to one plus yeah. was wrong. If he if if he was arriving here in that nick, so that eight to one will then become value. And it just it'll take time for you know bookmakers to react to that. So I think the best time to leave space to is in running. And I might even play myself if he starts well, you know. The pre-tournament price will be wrong, so we'll back a bit of value. So, guys like that who don't derive here in the best of Nick, you know, or maybe best lefty in play. You mentioned Jason Day, and he hasn't done an awful lot wrong this season either, and arrives around forty to one. That's crazy too. Like, uh, of course, he could play well. He's got a decent league tracker. He, he finished fourth uh, 
back at 2015, just missed out in the playoffs, I think, yeah. at St Andrews in 2015. And obviously, he's a guy with major credentials, and he, 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 he tries to pick for these majors these days, too. And, you know, he's lately raced to here, he's been lately raced all year, really. And I, I couldn't put anyone off back them, especially with the place terms out there. There's not many bets that you could have that, with, you know, that are on the, the value side. You know, there's plenty of people that'll be placing decent bets this week, even outside of all the tipsters and the articles. They yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah, Jason Day and the likes of those guys. Every chance, Justin Thomas, world number two in the world, around twenty-five to one as well. These guys just don't der- don't derive and convince and kind of nick, you know. Which, which is why I've kind of plumped in, in in my preview for guys that are playing very well at the minute. Like you know, the like, Fowler hasn't done an awful lot wrong. Like Samoa and I, he's won. Kevin Nye, he's won in the States too. I think these are these are the guys that you want to concentrate on and leave the likes of Spieth and those guys here and Thomas, who's world number two, that if they start well, their pre-tournament price will be a bit, you know, just off kilter and you can get a bit of value and run. There you go. So have a look at those guys after the, after day one. But to start with, just to recap, it's three points each way on Fowler, three points each way on Molinari, three point, uh, sorry, 1.5 points each way on Chauffelet, 1.5 points each way on Nah, and 1 point each way on Grace. And all those write-ups will be on site today. So make sure you have a look at them. And fingers crossed for you, Nah, that we get another winner in the Satchel this weekend. Yeah, looking forward to it. We've Stenson and Spieth the last two years, so we're going for an open hat-trick. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Hope you go home with the match ball. Cheers, Nile. Thanks very much.